Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing today. You know, um, I was sitting in the Colonial Life Arena yesterday with Glenn, our uh, sponsor of Modern Exterminating, and um, we were mad. Yeah. I did not make the game. I don't, that doesn't sound, I've, I've seen Well, you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything, yeah. but this is the first time that the team, I don't know if I'm going to say quit, I'm going to say laid down. Yeah. They laid down, and after about 10 points, they gave up in about a minute. We got out of there. Of the uh, of the second half? You yeah, mean? we left with 12 minutes to go in the second. And I'm, I know I'm saying that on the pot, or maybe I'm not a good fan, but anyone that was at the arena yesterday when witnessed the worst loss in Colonial Life Arena history? That's kind of hard to believe. It's pretty bad. And I saw it was the worst loss ever in SEC play. So the SC, we joined the SEC in, what, 92? Sounds right. I mean, that's... I mean, we've we've played. I mean, we've seen some bad losses there to Kentucky and even Tennessee over the years. But like, I mean, heck, when they said this, I remember last season, maybe two seasons ago, it might have been the COVID year where the where not a lot of people could get in the arena. Um, we played Auburn, and they went north of a hundred points on but us. But I think we scored like seventy five, eighty. We didn't have eighty. Well, we, we might have. We might have. Somebody's but even if we had in the 70s, that. that's, you know, 30s. That's true. We lost, that's but what, true. 43 yesterday? 42? 44, maybe. It, they more than doubled our score. It reminded me of the time we played Kentucky, and they had um, Anthony Davis, and they would just lob a ball near the rim, and he would just catch it and dunk it. And it was just like this. This is sad. Yeah. It was sad. I don't really know what else to say about I can't, the game. Sh- I can't sugarcoat it. But before we get into that, let's talk about, at least on a brighter note, they did win a game since our last pod. Yeah, so so it's actually been a week and a half since we were up on the pod. We we did an SEC preview, um, middle of the middle right before the bowl game. I think it was like Wednesday the twenty eighth or right. something, uh, and then uh, played Eastern Michigan uh, the same night as the bowl game. Yep. So we are on the way back from the bowl game, and we we went to the bowl game instead of a basketball game. We're not going to talk about the bowl game because this is the GBO pod. But but we are even if this is only basketball, we are Carolina fans in all sports. We just have to acknowledge that. Yes, but not in depth. That's that's correct. But uh, we're on the way back, and every time win or lose of a football game, I always want Wendy's after a game. You know, some people drink after games. And people have called this out to me that Bryce, you just engul- you know, indulge in food, fast food. Yeah, you, you just want a frosty. I would love a large frosty. Maybe I mean, is it a? Is, does the size of the frosty change on a winner or loss? No, it needs to be a large. If they had an XL, I'd take it. If they had like a big gulp, that would yeah. be the ultimate. Do if you, I worked at Wendy's, I would somehow put it in a big gulp. Do you get a? Do you get a Wendy's after this loss to Tennessee? I did not. <laughs> do you think about it? You know what? We almost went to a Wendy's. Yeah. We ended up going to Chick-fil-A with the free chicken sandwich that they gave us during that game. I had to get something out of that game yesterday. There you go. That makes sense. But anyway, we're um we're at Wendy's and we're listening to the game and watching or watching, listening and a little bit watching on our phones of the back and forth between Gigi and Bates. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun seeing two guys that are NBA talent level guys going seems, back and forth. It seems like a million years ago now. Like getting up on the pod today, um, they both had a they both played really good games. 
Uh, I think Bates had like two more points than he did. Now a few more points. I mean, yeah. he was, but it was Bates looked really good, but Gigi looked really good too. And I uh, was yeah, going... Bates had thirty six and Gigi had twenty four. Like okay, Bates, so Bates had, had a... significantly more. Super Bates... skinny guy, but he can make some three pointers. Yeah. And so like it was good to see Gigi going up against you know a um, an NBA talent, um, because and 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 that he can actually bring this game because as we get into this week that's going to kind of change you know so our, so our opinions will get changed a little bit yep. so like the eastern michigan game happens we win we win by 10 which was good yeah ken palm loves 10 point victories oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, so we win by 10 and then we roll into vandy uh in nashville on tuesday and we did something in that game that we haven't done consistently in a long time we started strong we scored some consecutive points that's right i think we almost got out to an 11 to 2 it, it we, we it was like 10 to at, nine at to a certain two, point in like that, that start we looked at each other like is this real yeah. yeah and don't get me wrong vandy was 13th in the league and we were 14th that is true but and vandy was favored by by a decent amount uh i want to say it was like six or seven points i think it was six and a half yeah and um but just Played a really good first half, making shots. I didn't have a lot of complaints. Yeah, you you complained a little bit about Hayden Brown. Sometimes Hayden struggles around the rim. That's that's right, he does, and that kind of foreshadowed uh, uh, some uh, uh, Hayden Brown in this Vandy game. So it ends up going to overtime with just this but, epic but, play. Well, it goes back and forth. We miss a shot, yeah. we get the rebound, miss another shot, get the rebound, and then Hayden Brown's just like by himself on the block to make that bucket to take it to overtime. To also catch and shoot it as quickly as he did, because there's only like .3 seconds left on the He clock. must have heard me and my complaints yeah. of he finished around the rim. Now, there was no one within 10 feet of him. That's true. But he finished under true. pressure. I don't know if I could have done that on national TV as well. But anyway, we force overtime. And throughout this Vandy game in that second half, their big men kind of exposed us, and we just – I don't know what it was. We couldn't make a consistent jump shot, and we were getting out-rebounded down the stretch, and it made me groan a few times, and you told me at one point to stop groaning. Yeah, it was getting annoying. You, you were groaning even before we did something. Just just we would be on offense, and you would, ugh, before we even uh, could could make a mistake. But this game, I will say Chico Carter came back with his three-point barrage and scoring. Chico could do no wrong, and at at certain point, I was like this. You know how Michi has the green light from Lamont to shoot 30-foot three-pointers? Uh-huh. I wanted Chico just to start shooting 30-foot three-pointers because that's how many he was hitting. Yeah. I mean, he was four for four or six from three, which is pretty good. Interesting stat here, and this is definitely true. We only had shot two free throws at, like, I want to say it was like the 10-minute mark of the second half or something. It and was, why it was, is that, Sumter? It was a long there's a, time. There's an explanation why we don't shoot many free throws. Well, it's probably because we don't bang inside enough. We don't drive. Yeah. We don't drive. We don't bang inside enough. We're small. Um, Vandy attempted in this game, Vandy attempted 35 free throws. We attempted 15. And their guys made them down the stretch. And in overtime, I don't think they missed a free throw in overtime. Or they went like six or seven down the stretch where it was over. It's funny. We stayed in this game because in regulation, they missed them all. Because they ended, they made like a bunch in overtime. They were only twenty three for thirty five. They were only sixty five percent. And so if if they, you know, without those down the stretch, it would have. They were probably below fifty. 
But Michi and Chico had a good game. Jackson had an average game. Wasn't bad, wasn't great. Um, but Chico and Michi, Michi is starting to be consistent every game now because he's fully healthy. I think his back and forth earlier in the year was maybe because of his ankle. But he's starting to shoot threes. But also the last couple games, he is driving hard to the basket and scoring. I don't know if you noticed that a few times. He's driving hard and actually finishing it off the glass. It looks nice. Yeah, the other thing about this is that Chico came in with four for six from three. He after this game, I haven't looked at it since since after he Tennessee did not last shoot night. that in the Tennessee game. I will tell yeah. you that. Um, he brought his three point percentage up to about it, it's like it was like fifty two point five percent. It was tied and it, with his free throw percentage. He went one for two from the line in this game. Too. Ch- Chicken hopes would appro- approve of that, right? I don't know if he would approve of it. It's it's weird. So Well, here's a fun fact with that percentage that you just mentioned. Going into the Tennessee game, Chico Carter was number one in the SEC in three-point percentage. And I think he was like top five, top ten nationally. If you shoot over 50, that's pretty dang good. Usually that does not last. As you can tell in the Tennessee game, we couldn't really do anything in Tennessee game. Um, but it's weird to <sighs> me that Chico is shooting um, 50, like, that Chico's free throw percentage is so bad because he's been an 80% guy all his career. He was an 80% guy last year. He was an 80% guy at Murray State. Like, this this three-point percentage is a little high, like, like over his career averages. But, I mean, he was like 38% last year for us. He was probably one of our better three-point shooters. And it kind of made me more mad, that Vandy game, because how did, how did he not play last year with Frank? Why did Frank not give him minutes? <laughs> Why was he in the doghouse? I I have no idea why Frank didn't. Because this year you can clearly year. see he can consistently hit a jump shot. Um, and when I say jump shot, three pointer. But yes, and and like I really don't know. Um, it, it it made me mad during the whole Vandy game. Um, just watching Chico play so well, he was the best player for us in that Vandy game, and it made me. It just bothered me, like th- that he just didn't play last season. But anyway, Chico kept us in it, and he was the reason why we even had the chance to go to overtime. But in overtime, Vandy beats us. And I looked at you at the end of the game and said, you know, it was a nice competitive game, but we lost. And they were the 13th best team in the league, Sumter, and we lost to them. Does that make you worry about the rest of the year? I'm, I'm stating the obvious. Before going into the Tennessee game or now? Before like, before going into the Tennessee game. It made me worry a little bit about the rest of the year. Because uh, as I mentioned and we talked about in the SEC preview, that needed to be one of the wins yeah, that we were going to get. But it, it, I guess it just depends on what we're expecting from this team. Like, like going into this game, everybody, like people were making jokes about going 0-18 in SEC play right. before this Vandy game. And so, like... Well, that joke got stronger. It definitely did. So, it goes into the game yesterday, and I woke up in the morning for the game, and you're like, you know what? It'd be nice to be competitive with these guys. But you saw, like, Tennessee beat Mississippi State by, like, 30, 30 points the other night. And I was like, oh, man. I mean, they're they're big. I've never seen... Tennessee's usually big. They had five guys over 6'9". Yeah. And five of them played. Yeah. They had, a, they had a Serbian guy that kind of made Josh Gray look a little small at set in your know, Josh Gray seven foot ish two fifty five. Well, guess what we do not have. What's that? Guys over six nine that well, can that can play regularly. Yeah. yeah, but I will say this: I did mention Josh Gray. 
one of the a few highlights of the day was Josh Gray playing like a man. I, he didn't really back down to Tennessee. He kind of pushed everyone down there, kind of banged with the big guys and scored a few points, got some rebounds. And it was just good to see Josh Gray. You see these blips that come on for him in games, and you're like, the talent's there. Hopefully he can take that through the year. But that's one of the few parts that I enjoyed yesterday, Josh Gray playing hard. He only played 16 minutes. I know. It's I, I, At this point, do you kind of want to bench BBV and start Josh Gray, at least play him 20-plus minutes if he doesn't if he stays out of foul trouble? I mean, because BBV's not scoring. I mean, he's not. I think that Josh Gray has a higher ceiling than BBV, and so we can play him. I think we're talking about things that make us marginally better. We need one of these guys to be able to, to, to deliver 30 minutes because this is going to be a theme in SEC play. Like, like take take. let's go back to the Vandy game for a second, all right? That Robbins guy yep. uh, for Vandy, um, he, um, he was averaging like 12 points a game, okay, uh, going into the game. And what did he have in the game? Uh, he, he didn't even start. 22. Let me guess. It probably was his career high. I, I didn't look to see if that was his career high, but but he just he he just owned whoever we had on him. Like like Hayden Brown is guarding him, and just looks scrawny compared to him. Yeah, I mean the guy is seven foot two fifty. Like like if if the, if you have a guy, you think he's ever missed a meal? Maybe maybe once or twice, but doesn't but, show. But he probably made up for it. Yeah. But but you know like um. Just if you have a big guy, this we are the team that they're just excited about. Like remember Lamonis catching us, the Lithuanians. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, the big seven foot Lithuanian, yep. six eleven. Yep. He he'd score twenty points on this Carolina team. Oh man, there, there would be nobody that could guard him, even though he wasn't a a premier big guy. He was decent around the rim. And this and and this Vandy game is just a is just a preview for these Tennessee big big teams to just come in and just wipe the floor with us. And it doesn't, I mean, they were getting back to the Tennessee game. They were just getting offensive rebound after offensive rebound. And they were just hitting threes and contested threes, wide open threes. I mean, I think, I think I looked up at the 16 minute timeout and it was like another 13 to two. Yeah. 11 to two. That's starting to be a consistent score. Yeah. That like, we just can't score. And teams get up on us, and it's hard to come back. It is. And uh, the other thing, and this is probably the the biggest silver lining takeaway from this game, is that this could be the best team that we play all season. Could be. You know, like it could be the best team that we play all season. Uh, we're going to play some other good ones. We've got to go to Kentucky Tuesday night. How about that? Following up this oh. game, let's just go to Rupp. Now, yeah. I will say this. Alabama beat Kentucky by like 25, 26 points the other night, well, which well, Kentucky would... is not the Kentucky of old, but you know what? They still got five stars. That's right. And we, we don't. And I don't think Kentucky. Actually, we've got one. Do you think Kentucky's scared of us? No, they're not scared is of us. Is there any team on the SEC schedule that's no. scared of us? No, we are Georgia. From the past two, so years. we are the automatic win. We are we are the win that people are counting. Are you saying that some coaches could get fired if they lose to us? That's possible. Ooh, that's brutal. Yeah, like 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 we we could be the game that sends something over the top for a coach. That that, that could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back late in the season. Um, mm. but just like like 
Tennessee could be the best team we play. Arkansas is really good. Alabama's really good. You, you know, like Auburn's really good. But 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 this team, this Tennessee team is really good. They could be a number one seed in the tournament. They could go to the final four. Well, we couldn't score. Michi had a good game. I will say that Michi had another 18-19 game. And he didn't hit his three-pointers, but he was driving, scoring, making free throws. I just – we need to talk about the elephant in the room Yep, that was Gigi Jackson in this Tennessee game. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts? First, of after just seeing the stat line. So that was surprising. Having not uh, – I um, had something work-related that kept me from being able to watch this live. Um, and so just looking at the stat on the, on the phone, it was weird to see – him just not scoring and just not being a factor in the game. And I was curious when I went back and watched it as to how that was going to be the case as to how GG was going to not score any points. And I got to tell you, didn't didn't like how that came to fruition. Well, it was just he shot a few jumpers, but a lot of it was just three-point shots that were 28-footers that I wanted. I mean, he needs to – if he's not making those three-pointers, he needs to drive – yeah. And go to the basket. Yeah. You're yes. 6'9". I'm a, there can't be that many power forwards that can keep up with him dribble to dribble. I mean, Tennessee might have had them. Like, these Tennessee guys I are mean, big. Their guy had a 6'9", 6'10", guy, but he wasn't as athletic. Even though the Tennessee, like, half their team's from South Carolina. That's another story. But just, they love picking the players from this state. It, sorry, it made me mad because my wife looked over at me and was like, we got five people from the state. Yeah. And I was like, well, Rick Barnes probably is eating out a few, uh, you know, Zestos or Lizard's Thickets while he's down here. What do you think? <laughs> probably so. He may be even at a Rush's. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's, uh, if I don't know if he has any Columbia kids, which that would be the Lizard's Thickets and the Rush's. Well, he's got a Blythewood kid. Do you that's call that true. Columbia? Yeah, that's Columbia. Mr. Yeah. Phillips. Yeah. Last year's. <laughs> that's and true. I, yeah. Did, I didn't really sniff at us. That's, that's Well, he correct. sniffed to us only. He put us in his top five, but. No, he was he was gone off the board. Um, you know, it's. I'm gonna come out and ask you: Do you think GG quit during the game and just laid down and just said "screw it" yesterday? I know that's a bold statement. I don't want to say he quit, um, but I won't. I will not argue with somebody that that says that he quit. Lamont in the post game, yeah. He was showing some emotion of he he was saying it about body language that he didn't have the body language and he was going to play people that wanted to win. His body Gigi's body language was not good. Gigi clearly looked like Gigi clearly did not react to the adversity of getting this far down behind and playing a team that can defend him, playing playing a team full of and NBA shut guys, him down and and a team that could shut him down and see and the other thing is is this is coming off of. Um, this th- he had a good game against Vandy, but not like his best game. He wasn't. Have, he didn't have a great game. He had 13, 12, 13. And so, and so, the, the other important thing to to like take into consideration here is he's still seventeen. Jordan, he just turned eighteen in excuse December. Me, excuse me. He's he's now eighteen. So he just turned. He's 18. still the youngest person in D, in in college basketball this right. year. And and he, in the Vandy game, he was playing. Jordan Wright for Vanderbilt, who's 22 years old. Right. right. Jordan Wright is probably not going to the NBA. But he knows how to defend, and he's got... And, and in that overtime, yep. 
stole the ball from Gigi a couple of times. And, and he was just like, this kid might be a better basketball player than me in his life, but he's not a better basketball player than me right now. And that's why you take, you take senior players that are yep. decent over yep. stars, young, young stars, because I mean, Thornwell, Notice yeah. so so the final four team is another perfect the final four team is a perfect example of this that like that like Justin Mackey you, role player all year you know, but he played pretty well in that tournament and and twenty two year old Justin Mackey knew what he was doing same with same with Thornwell same with Notice um and uh, they like these guys and this happens in college basketball you see this now you also see some five star freshmen that are one and done like you just referenced Anthony Davis you, you know they almost went under. The, the, the they're the closest team in college basketball to going undefeated in the in over Recent. the course of a season recently. Right. I think I think they lost one game and it was on a buzzer beater at at Tom at Tom Crean's Indiana. Oh man, uh, God, that was ages ago. Tom but, uh, Crean, yet not at Georgia at Indiana. Yeah, uh, but uh, but so um, like like there are five stars that that are amazing in college. You know, Zion is is a recent. Stud, example stud. of of uh, five stars that, that were that were awesome, but you know they aren't they aren't all awesome immediately. And Gigi could have a good NBA career, but he currently is not having a great freshman year in the SEC. So far, so far. But this is kind of I mean, you were talking to me before we started recording. This is kind of it could be a turning point in the season. This game, so it can H- go one way or the other. Hayden Brown said something in one of the post games about how he told the team that they have to m- not allow this game to define the season. That's true. Like um, speaking from a maybe one of the oldest players, yeah, the, the oldest player in twenty four, yeah. <laughs> uh, but just and not letting this game define the season because here is the thing: if they go and meet or exceed expectations that we've had for them. Um, during the course of this season, win a couple of games at Colonial Life, beat Georgia, beat Vandy at Colonial Life, maybe upset somebody. We will forget about the fact that this Tennessee game is the worst loss in the history of the Colonial Life arena for us or whatever that stat is. Uh, we'll just remember this as getting beat bad by Tennessee. But but like and and it could be it could be good. Um, I will say this right now about Gigi. Right. This is the other thing to talk about. Um what is what like if an NBA scout was at that game? What do you think they would have thought, Bryce? Well, he played against guys that are a few Tennessee players, maybe three of them. That I, I think three of them could go in the first round. Yeah, and against NBA level talent, he got shut down. Yeah, but NBA drafts on potential, and that's why we see in every you know that's true. he's a lottery pick in almost every. He's a fringe lottery pick, and the NBA does draft on potential. And so, like, like the perfect example of this is Anthony Edwards at UGA, who was right. the number one pick in the draft, and seems to be doing okay in Minnesota. Doing you know, fine uh, to, to where it, they don't they don't regret that pick. Or do they think that everyone around him is is not that strong and has to bring him down? And it's really not him. Yeah. They might say that too. That, that that's I mean and, that's a possibility. And, that's a possibility. The other thing is what position they're looking Gigi to play. All right. And this is, I think, part of this is what I think is leading to a lot of Gigi's frustration. Okay. Because he was clearly whether or not he quit, he was clearly very frustrated in the Tennessee game. And what I believe is leading to a lot of his frustration is that 
he didn't realize he was signing up to play center. I mean, there's a lot of times he is center. He didn't realize when he came here that he was signing up to be our starting big guy. Because that small forward, power forward, matchup nightmare. Like, could you imagine Gigi Jackson playing with Chris Silva and Mike Kozar? It'd be fun. It'd be fun. It would. It It'd would be more be, fun than I had yesterday. That's right. And and they'd be really good. And and he'd be and he'd be able to do all kinds. And they would free him up to do all kinds of good things. And they're just you, you know like obviously Silva did Silva win SEC Player of the Year senior year? No, but he was a finalist. He was up there. He was up there. So so Silva, but but we're not even talking about real NBA. I mean, Silva made the Miami Heat, but he's not really an NBA player. You know, he's he's in the. He's in the G he League. He goes back and forth with the G yeah. League, but he's he's had a cup of coffee. Right. Cup of coffee. He's had a cup of coffee in the NBA. <laughs> he he was not a fir- NBA first rounder. I'll right. Correct. Way. He's no Balkman. And, and, and <laughs> I'm done. I'm, uh, you, Isaiah you, Thomas. You you stopped me. There you go. You Sorry, I had to I had to bring it was a fact though. <laughs> uh he might have Argued whether or not Chris Silva was a better college player than Ronaldo Bachman would be fun, but uh, but we're not going to get into I know, that. Yeah, I'm gonna let that go anyway. My point is, if you put them on above at on just on a team with an above with an average to above average SEC front court, which which you could argue Coatsar and Silva were. I mean, he's he'd be incredible, but but here he's just you know if he's not playing center, Hayden Brown is. Like that's it because because BBV BBV and Gray can't stay on the court. Correct. Like like we should have one of BBV and Gray on the court at all times. The two of them should average combined more than 40 minutes a game. There is no reason that shouldn't be the case. But they have one thing in common with Silva. They do like to foul. They love to foul. They love, love to a foul. good foul. But we don't even have anybody we're not even bringing anybody off the bench. You know, like they brought Trayvon Minot, a.k.a. Aaliyah Boston's boyfriend, off the bench early on, which everyone was like, oh, we still have him on the team? He yeah. But he didn't do much because it didn't matter who was on the floor. Tennessee was going to push us around. Yeah, They're but, good. They're well coached. But let's come, let's come back to this game. It was sad. I don't want to dwell on it. I hope it was just a one-off. But you know what? You have a quick turnaround Tuesday night at Rupp Arena and – you want to make a you want to show the world that you're over it, yeah. And you want to say that let's we're here to play in the SEC. Go out there and beat Kentucky. They're beatable this year. They are. Not many times have I. Hey, no, they're beatable this yeah. year. Now we're the worst ranked team in the we're in the very, league. We're very beatable, this and they year. have talent. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying on any given night in basketball, one or two guys can shine and beat anybody. I would love nothing more than for Gigi Jackson. To just shut everybody up right now and drop a thirty and, burger. Oh, a thirty burger and Rupp would just be fit. do it, GG. Just, just just say to hell with you, old white guys. You know, like guess we are all we're almost forty. Yeah, but but just uh, like it, I'll eat crow the next pod. Yeah, yeah, I'll eat it. I mean, I I don't even want to say anything negative about GG. He's been great. He played a bad game. He against had a bad Tennessee. game. You can't judge a guy just yeah. on one he's, game. He's seventeen. Excuse me. He's eighteen years old. You, you know, like like he, he should still be in high school and we're reliant and, and we're trying to ask him to show up to beat Kentucky. I mean, that's the kind of pressure that's on this kid. And uh, and he knows it, too. And that could have led to his bad game, you, you know. And so and so I, I like that would be great. Um, 
I've got a question for you. What you got? How long until this gets really bad for Paris? He is a freebie this year. He didn't. We don't have the bodies this year. I'm never going to judge a coach on one season. I, I agree with I, you. I've been telling you all year, I am not going to start getting mad mad until the third or fourth year. But I will say this. You know some people that are Pittsburgh fans, and when they hired Kevin Stallings, and you know you have to give a coach a few years, and then he goes over in the ACC. All yeah. of a sudden, yeah. that window can get really small. It's really, it gets really small really in theory. Quick. But you know, when you hire a coach, you're like this. I mean, if you have two bad years, you're out of here. You know, like you can't think yeah. like that. But like, if we have some bad seasons, anything can happen. So it's it's funny. But we do, we like, are talking about Ray Tanner. Right, right. And this is this is part of the problem. The problems with the basketball team extend beyond the basketball program. Correct. Okay. To one guy. To to um yeah. Yeah. It starts with that guy. It does. It does. It it it, it stems beyond the basketball program. And um and it will not be good if Paris goes 0 and 18 in conference. That would not be good. We will have fans screaming for him to be fired. And we, oh, man. We, we actually, honestly, honestly, we probably even won't have fans screaming for him to be fired. We'll have, well, this is what y'all wanted. We'll have a lot of this oh, is what man. y'all wanted fans. This is what y'all wanted when, when we fired Frank. And like, no, that's not what I wanted. I did not want to go 0-18. I'll, I'll go ahead. And, I wanted Frank to be fired. I also didn't want this. You don't want this season to turn into the end of Darren Horn era. Yeah, where but, we caught a lot of T-shirts. <laughs> well, well, I will say this: in the Darren Horn era, you know what? We've the Tennessee game was terrible. We're going to make this the modern exterminating. We know what we know what bugs you this week. In the Darren Horn era, we caught a lot of T-shirts. It's because they also threw a lot of T-shirts. That's right. This year, it's rally towels. And no offense to the male cheerleaders, they can't get it up to the 14th row. Yeah, we're on the 14th row. I've seen a couple guys make it to about and the twelfth row, and it's just rally towels. Are they cutting back? They it's got probably, they, they got to be able to afford Beamer's uh, new contract. It's probably harder to throw a balled up rally towel than it is to throw like a balled up, a, a like nice tight wrapped up t shirt. Maybe we need to go down there and see if we can throw it longer. I mean, that would be hilarious if you tried to go do this. The GBO needs to get on the court for the halftime. Not for the kid dancing halftime, but like you know the short the shot contest at halftime. You and me going against each other in the, that would be that would be fun. That would be a lot. I know of at fun. least ten people that would want to watch that right now. And, and by the end of this season, would that sell more tickets than the basketball team's going Ooh. to? We'll see. But I will leave it this. I don't want to dwell. It was just one game, but yeah. it led to the point where some people on Gamecock Twitter were like, you know how we like to say Cox by ninety. Yeah. People started saying Tennessee by ninety, and that's how I knew it was. It was starting to get ugly on Gamecock Twitter on the message boards. Yeah, it's and I mean when you when you lose when you have the worst loss in the history of your arena, it's going to get ugly. But it was just one game. It and is. We're not going to dwell on it, but let's just don't hope it doesn't turn into a pattern because that will really hurt my feelings. Yeah, and it might indulge me to start going to Wendy's after every men's basketball game. I I think that is you know. Shout out to Wendy's and the Frosty. Have you had the peppermint Frosty? Why would you deviate from chocolate? I don't. Yeah. I did a little bit. Oh, you were asking me to I see. I was asking you. Because yeah. you just actually wanted to know because you never had it. I'm in the same camp as you are. All right. Yeah. 
So let's move on here. I would um, love to move on, but anyway, we play Rupp Arena, Kentucky, and then we play Texas A&M at home on Saturday. So hopefully, if we can't beat Kentucky, let's try to beat Texas A&M and get a win. And because it's it's a lot more fun doing this pod when we win a game. Yeah, it is, especially when we don't lose them by forty. And I will say this: Buzz Peterson, is it Buzz? What's the coach at A&M? Is it Buzz? Yeah. We do well against him, but that was with our old team. We have good record against him. That is true. Anything can happen. Anyway, on to, to a team that doesn't know what losing feels like, and that's the South Carolina Gamecock women. It's like the inverse of the men. You know, it, it, they're just delightful to watch. They might have some slow starts, Yeah, but they but win. It doesn't matter. Anything could be against them, and they win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, uh, three games. Played, we had three yeah. games for the ladies. So they started off. I believe it was on the road at UGA, right in Athens. They were in Athens, then A and M, then the Mississippi State. The, we today. had. I think we had Auburn in there. So is there four games? Let's look here. Yeah, it's Georgia, Auburn, A and M. I think. I think they've played four. Yeah, we played A&M at home, and we beat the crap out of them right before yeah. New Year's. We played Auburn on the road. And we played at Georgia, we then played... Auburn at home, and then at Mississippi State. Right. So, excuse me, I'm mixing up the A&M game you and are. the Auburn game. I apologize. So, since we, did the, since we did the last pod, we had already played A&M. All right. And now, <coughs> so we, we went to Athens, and we... we and. Uh, we were we had a slow start. We had a slow start. That's a little bit of a pattern we so will talk about. Let's actually just let's talk about the road games here. Sure. Um, the Auburn game at home, we we just were the number one team in the nation on on the number one team in the nation. We beat the court. crap out of them. We we killed them. But um, at Georgia, yeah. and in Athens, where their arena is small, yep. they have a decent crowd. Um, and then we play at Mississippi State today. We have some slow starts. We do. And I'm talking like. Slow starts. Yeah, we do. And but after that, slow start. The women, I think they were even down nine at one point, eight or nine points. Then they come back and they fight. And it's not just Boston. Boston's you know been struggling with their jump shot lately, which never thought I'd say that. But coming down the stretching games, this team, it doesn't matter who it is. There's someone on this team that's going to make a clutch shot, make the big shot to come back and eventually take over and win the game. Cook was making big shots today. Cardoso was making some big shots. Boston made some big shots down the stretch. At the end of the day, our defense travels. It might not in the beginning of games, but through the end of the game, we tire people off because they have maybe have good starters, but no one has a deep bench like our ladies do, and we tie you down. And I think we might be sounding like a broken record, but today, I mean, we were sweating it, but... In that third and fourth quarter, we shut them down. We were holding them to single-digit quarters, and when you do that in the SEC, you can beat anybody. Yeah, and that's what they do. Like, we've probably been consistently talking about this all season long, Um, but if you want to beat this team, you, A, have to bring your best game, all right? And you have to bring it. For all forty minutes, correct. Like, like you have some to of these for, teams play bring their best first quarter. Yeah, or, or or their best half, or their best three quarters. UCLA brought their best thirty eight minutes, but it wasn't forty. But it wasn't forty, and so you you have to bring it, and you have to bring it all forty minutes, and um and so like 
if if we go back to the Georgia game here for a second, okay. we were down three at halftime. Yep. Okay. We won by seventeen. Okay. Shut them out in the sec. Shut them down just, in the just second half. Crush them in the second half. And we need to give a shout out here to a, a player. What's right? that? Who had a great week? What's that? Zaya Cook. Zaya Cook is consistently good, and and that has not been the last case year. She struggled with Zaya in games. Cook. Yep, she is making her jumpers and those flo- flo- floating six to eight footers in the lane. And Zaya Cook did something in the UGA game that we have that we need her to be able to do, and we haven't really seen her do it yet this season. What's that? It like we couldn't score in the first half. And we really couldn't score in the second half except for Cook. And Cook, she had 20-plus points in the second half, 31, th- 31 to 32 for the game. And, like... 31 for the game. Yeah. Just, just, like, it was a career high. Um, and just, just put us on her back, was just making shots. And it was it reminded me of watching Destiny Henderson some last year. Okay. Or, or, or uh, Ty Harris a few years ago where just, like, where... It's a game. It's a defensive battle. Everybody's struggling, and we just have a player that says, "I'm making shots. Give me the ball." You know, like like I'm making shots. Let's go. We're not losing this game. And not only do we not lose the game, we won by 17. We outscored them by 17 in the second half. You, uh, excuse me. We outscored them by 20 in the second half. And um, you, you know, when like, you double them up, no one's going to beat you in quarters. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about the Georgia game that I want to point out. Okay. Um, Georgia's uh, best player or leading scorer going into the game, uh, Battles. Yep. Um, uh, Diamond Battles. She was averaging like 13 points a game or something. She made a free throw. One point. Same for the Mississippi State game. Yeah. Their leading scorer only had a few points. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good when you go ahead and shut down the other team's star. I mean, you know who that is, right? And if teams try to do that to us... We got a couple of the five stars that are going to go step up in in their place. That's true because because the the other theme of this week has been uh, Boston just getting triple quad even quad. There's a funny picture. The Georgia game, there were four girls on her. It, it, in that picture, there's a there's another USC player like next to Boston. So it's four it's four girls that are around two USC players. So she's potentially just getting triple teamed okay. with a fourth person. But still, like triple teams, if you're getting triple teamed, a couple people should be open, and we got to hit shots, and Cook's been hitting them. And that will stop those triple teams from happening if we keep making a consistent jump shot and three-pointer. Or or it'll just win basketball games if they keep doing it. Well, I like winning. Yeah, and you know what this team does? They just win. And they win with different lineups. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, well, you got Breezy Hall in there in clutch minutes. You even had Chloe Kitts getting some minutes. Not much today, but she, you know, earlier in the week. Well, she she did against Auburn. So I think. Oh, in blowout time, she's getting minutes. So, so I I think it's very, I think it's very important to see. So, like against UGA, um, these are the people that play more than ten minutes. okay? Okay, you got the five starters: Boston, Saxon, Beal, Cook, Fletcher, and then you've got three. Three of them off the bench: Ami Hare, Cardosa, Raven Johnson. All right, that's who. Though that was the eight-player rotation uh, today against Mississippi State in another close game. Um, you've got the five starters again, and then you've got uh, and then you've got Cardosa, Hall, Raven Johnson. You know, and so like like that's. I mean, that's who this team is. 
like like uh, uh, and and Amihir had nine, and so like like there's a nine there's a nine player rotation. It's the five starters: Cardoso, Amihir, Hall, and Johnson. And that is that is if you go look at the Stanford box score, the UCLA box score, any box score where the game was close, that is true. Uh, Watson and Cooper played a little today, but uh, but only a few minutes. Cooper had one minute. Watson had five. Sitting to Watson, excuse me, Watkins. Watkins. Watkins had five. But um, but I want to say this: over this last week, Emma Hare is swishing free throws. Have you noticed that? She, she is had, consistently making, like, not even hitting the rim, a beautiful free throw. Just going to give her a shout-out because we don't make a lot of free throws with the ladies. They, I know they shoot in the 60s as a team, but Amma Hare, great free throw shooting. Yeah. And then I want to do another shout-out to the Mississippi State game today. Raven Johnson had a little bit of a coming-out party. Yeah, she played, she played well. Seven points, five rebounds, 21 minutes. I mean, she made some buckets and... I just it was good to see her making some buckets, and we need her to start scoring. I want to see see her score more because you know she's a star. She just needs to get going. Yeah, I I think she can. It's funny she started the season as the starting point guard, and Fletcher has has Fletcher's has taken getting more minutes. Spot. And Fletcher's but, taking that spot. Yep, but but she is definitely the backup point guard, and it's a nine player rotation, and like I don't even think it's close. Like like Dawn is and like. Like Watkins, Cooper, they they come in when this when in it might be situational or when it looked like this game that they had won this or something or maybe with like a few a minute before the half or before the quarter just to make sure someone like uh, Boston or Cardoso doesn't pick up another foul. But but just it's Dawn has nine that she trusts, and it's the it's the it's the starters. Ami, Hare, Cardoso, Hall, and Johnson. You know, that's just what it is. But tough game today. We are down nine and then come back and we are up we are up ten. They score, hit a three late, but we win by seven, fifty eight, fifty one. And Mississippi State's always a tough team. They're not the team of a couple years ago when we played them in it was always in the SEC championship game. I mean, heck, heck, we played them in the national title game in seventeen. It was good to see them in that national championship that's, game that's too. Right. The, they knocked off Utah, UConn for us. We should we, we should always thank them. That was very nice. Yes, it was. I saw that in a uh, hotel in Phoenix. Them yes. be, beat them while I was at the men's final four. Yeah. But anyway, the wet ladies get the win. Go to sixteen and zero on the year, and they're up there. LSU's undefeated. Mississippi State's undefeated in SEC play and Tennessee in SEC play, but. Can't wait for that February, mid-February game against LSU. We're both 16-0, and and they really haven't played much. And it's just going to be interesting to see if they can actually compete with us. But they're the team. I think they're number seven. Um, they beat the crap out of Kentucky, guys. So it would be interesting to see them. But Mississippi, Tennessee. Tennessee's starting to come on after a lot of losses to ranked teams in non-conference play. Yeah, but – up until then, I mean, the rest of January, um, we're at Kentucky. Um, you, you know, we've got Missouri at home, at Vandy, Arkansas at home. We're, we're going to be high, heavily favored in all of these games. Um, we do have UConn on the 5th. Of and the, hopefully they have enough healthy yeah. players. They had to um, postpone one of their games because there's a um... – Big East or American, whatever conference they're in, that it says you have to have seven healthy scholarship players. They only had six. They had to postpone their DePaul game. But 
I mean, I want them at you know full health because I don't want any excuses when we go and win in stores. Right. Yeah. At least, uh, at least uh, Izzy Fudd needs to be healthy. You, you, right. you know, like 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 obviously Beckers isn't going to play. We'll wave at Becker, Beckers on the bench. Yeah. And uh, and and reminder that she lost to us twice last year in her home state. In her, and she played and she played in both games. And one was before the the knee injury. That's correct. Yeah, when they were at full strength. The last time this UConn team was a hundred percent rested, right? South Carolina beat them. I think Beckers gets hurt the next week after the Bahamas. Hey, we beat them full throttle. And and she probably and the bad boy mowers. Yeah. A battle for but, Atlantis. I, I thought it was Bad Daddy Mowers. No, Bad Daddy's is a restaurant. Okay. Anyway, great name of a. A tournament, yeah. bad boy mowers. Yeah, maybe was it bad daddies? No, I, bad I daddies think. is a restaurant that I eat at frequently. Uh, either one of them can sponsor the pod, and we'll get it right. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, the ladies get the win. Um, upcoming for the ladies, their games this week. You got at Kentucky. That's a theme this week. Yeah, men playing their Tuesday. Women, you think they try to share a bus, right? But it's two days apart. They can't do that. And then they have Missouri at home. So, looks like another two victories, but got to start playing better on the roads, at least starting off. I don't like being down. You know, yeah. I know we win, but gotta let's don't do get down. Everywhere. Let's dominate. Got to do that at home, too. Both teams, that's it. You, you know, like, like get off to good starts at Rupp. Let's do that. Let's, just have, let's beat, double beat Kentucky this week. I'd love that. Well, that would be fun. That would Here's be fun. Here's a fun fact. I can't When's wait. the last time the men won at Rupp Arena? The last time the men won at Rupp Arena. Um, all right, hang on. Um, it's been a while. I, 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 so, so the Thorn. And Rock, I don't know for sure on this one. All right. I know where last one. I know one that we won. Okay. Well, hang been, on. Yeah, well, hang on. Okay. I'm trying to think here. Um, so here's my question for you Did Frank Martin do it? No. Okay. All right. Did Darren Horn. Yes, it had to be Horn. Was yes. it with Downey? Was it was it, Downey was had it that Downey? game winner. It's in yeah. our promo all yeah. the time. I think that was our last win at Rupp. Are you sure that that was Horn or was that Odom in Downey's? Cause... That's true. Now, who was the coach that bombed from Texas A&M that went to Kentucky and then got kicked out of there? Gillespie. Gillespie. B- B- Billy Gillespie or was it Bobby I think, Gillespie? I, I Billy think Gillespie. we could have beat him. We knew they had Meeks. We yeah. might have won a game there. I mean that, that's gonna be that's gonna be before that was before, like well, Calipari. I mean, this, it was before. I mean this. The, the, well, so, so Calipari's at Memphis until, I, I mean the Derrick Rose Kansas national title game is um, like with, when Mario Chalmers hits the game winner is like two thousand and eight, um, or uh, yeah, I think that's April two thousand and eight. Well, we need someone to you know. I, I know that there's a certain follower that will check us on this, but when's the last time we won at Rupp? I want to say it was Downey, but maybe I, I'm not going to say I'm hundred percent sure. So did did we beat Kentucky two years in a row because Downey wins at Colonial Life with Horn? Correct. All right, and so, so it could have been with Odom, and and so the year before would have been Odom. Did we beat them in Rupp the year before that? That's a deep search into the media guide, and I don't have the time. But I know someone's going to look it up for us. Okay. We love getting corrected. We have no problem with it. You hate it. That's fine. <laughs> all right. Anything else for this week's pod? I think that's all I got. 
I just hope, shout out to Modern Exterminating. I didn't have a squirrel again this week. That was just, you know, in the past year. No squirrels this year. Shout out to Glenn Matthews and the team. They do great work over there. Anyway, always give them a call if you want to have a discount with the GBO podcast. Yeah, just, just Modern Exterminating, give them a call. 10% off your first pest control service. All right, guys. It's been a fun week for the women and a tough week for the men. Hopefully next week we'll change the tune with the men. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right, go Cox. See you guys later. GBO out.